podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. You're joined by your host today, um, me, Babs. Um, I'm joined by um, two special guests, um, Thomas. Thomas, how you doing? I'm doing good, my guys. I'm doing good. How are you, boss? I'm not too bad. Thanks for asking. I'm also joined by Sam. Sam, how you doing? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Thank good you. Good to hear. Good to hear. And the reason why I said to is because the, 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 the third guy here, man, he's a he's, he's a legend of Chessie Hour. You know, he's part of the old guard. You know, we, we, we talk about the Terry's, the Drogba's, but we don't talk about my man, J- Jermaine. Good to see you. How you doing, my guy? <laughs> Same the intro, bro. Yeah, I'm good, man. I can't complain. Definitely good to have you on, bro. Definitely good to have you on. So I'm going to start with you straight away. You know, it's been an amazing week as a Chelsea fan. You know, we've had um, two ridiculous performances in um, the, the Leicester game and the Uber game so let's start with them last Saturday's early kickoff. Um, so going to the Leicester game how are you feeling and were, were you confident you know were you, were you, were you a bit worried because I know obviously you know we've had a bit of like a shaky um, couple of last games against Leicester especially at um, the King Power so how are you feeling going into that game in particular Um, you know what because it, it was after the international break wasn't it Exactly, straight after. Yeah, and it was just like, it was one of them ones where I feel like Leicester, where they had a bit of a, you know, they've had a bit of a dodgy season so far. I thought to myself, they they love to to get up for it against us, innit? Like, I know Vardy loves it. Um, I thought it might be one of them games where Madison just randomly just has one of them, you know, top games that he's, that he's had in the past. And yeah, I thought um, it, it was going to be a really hard game. Um and yeah, I was just shocked, man. It was like completely the opposite, really. But going into it, I, I was confident. I thought I thought like the team could get the win. Like I was definitely confident that we could get the win. But I was I was just worried about you know a little bit of a banana skin with Leicester because obviously they do have quality in the side. They're just not really performing at the moment. So yeah. Mm, defo, defo, defo. And um, as listeners always know, you know we we all know you're, you're a big fan of um the man himself, Thiago Silva. So just, just tell me about just how imperious he was, you know, to, to, to see that Leicester game. You know, d- d- what, what, what a performance, what a performance. That guy, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm running out of words, like, to, to just even, to, like, to praise him. Like, he's just so good in terms of just every aspect of the game. And, and for somebody that has never really relied on his pace, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's, he's slow. Like, we're used to seeing... A, a top centre-back that's not really relying on his pace in someone like John Terry. But 
Um, I think with Thiago Silva, I think he's got like a, still a couple yards on Terry, so he he doesn't necessarily get burned by defenders, but um, he doesn't really have to use his pace. Like he's his reading of the game is ridiculous. I think his anticip his anticipation to step in front of the striker um, to receive like the the the, the pass from from the opposition is second to none like I don't think I've seen many do it better than him like yeah he's just ridiculous and I think his 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 whole aura like just on the pitch I just feel like when he's on the pitch I think that's partly why a lot of Chelsea fans feel so confident as well going into the game like they see Thiago Silva at the back there and they're just like yeah I don't don't think we're conceding today you know what I mean so yeah Mm, man ridiculous great on the ball yeah just just a top top player man top player so, some would say light work. Um, Thomas, I'm gonna get your your thoughts on about, about the performance as a whole. You know, it was a it was a really exciting game. You know, we 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 can definitely say you know that the first half an hour especially were absolutely lightened. You know, we scored two goals. You know, nice and quick. So walk me through it in terms of how how impressed you were. You know, watching us in, in that game. Ah, uh, Leicester game was. What can I say? It was um. It was actually it was actually really really good. It was one of the, it was one of the performances where you know like you think yeah we've actually arrived we've actually arrived we're here now we're here now people people need to people people watching that performance that lesser performance will know that Chelsea are actually serious title contenders now um you see um the Kante goal for example um just just the freedom that Kante had to play like people don't people a lot of people always sleep on Kante and people sleep on his technical ability a lot they disrespect him a lot. They don't give him, like, you know, the due props. And it happens even, like, with Premier League defenders and Premier League midfielders. They give him way too much time on the ball. It always happens in these, um like, bigger games, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, unless uh, I consider them still, like, um like a top eight team, I guess, in the Premier League. It always happens in these bigger games. People just give Kante too much space and he punishes them all the time. It happens all the time. And um, I just, yeah, I just love to see it. I just love to see it. Um, I feel like um, Leicester did miss um, Yuri Tielemans a lot, though. And, um, you know, that Kante Jorginho um, midfield basically just dominated the whole game. Um, that's that's why we were so impressive. And, you know, obviously we'll talk about PSG a little bit later as well. Um, uh, but, yeah, it just continued. Um, we're, we're just getting better and better. And people, people are also sleeping on the fact that our attack still hasn't fully, fully clicked yet. So, like, as, an, as, an, as a defensive... Um, the defensive organization in the team, let me say, has always been like since Tukes has came in, has always been top top notch. But um, now you know you're seeing that attack slowly, slowly clicking, and I'll explain why later. Um, especially when we talk about PSG, I'll, I'll highlight the point why. Um, on Thiago Silva as well. Oh, interest. Uh, why, 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 why do why do you say yeah. PSG? Um, PSG. Uh, sorry, Juventus. I'm, okay, I'm okay, okay, okay. I was watching Man City PSG yesterday. I think that's what's in my head right now. Got you. But yeah, yeah, I was talking about Juventus. So yeah, just replaced um, PSG with Juventus there. Um, but yeah, on Thiago Silva as well, uh, talking about PSG. <laughs> um, this guy, man, um, it's just, he's a legendary defender. That's all I'll say. He's literally one of the best to ever, ever do it. At 37 in the Premier League, the composure that he shows on the ball just the, his reading of the game is, uh, I just, uh, like, no words, no words about Thiago Silva. He's just insane. I just wish he could have played with John Terry um, 
I, you know, people say John Terry and Cavalio were really good together. Obviously, they were. I was. I would have loved to see John Terry and Thiago Silva play together. It would have been insane. Mm, definitely, definitely. And um, one of the interesting pieces that you you touched on there was the midfield. You know, I, I've really enjoyed that the, the new style shape we're playing. You know, where we have um Georgina playing the anchor, that we have the secondary midfield, whether it be Kova or Kante. You know, be that more roaming guy. You know, being more involved in the tax. I want to get your thoughts on that, Sam. Um, how, how do you think that's unfair in comparison to the um, initial tradi- traditional um, twin sixes that we had? Um, and is is it something you want to see more going forward of? Uh, the thing I love, love, love uh, the most about our midfield is whoever seems to come in like does a job. So it can be Ruben and Cover, it can be Cover Kante, Jorginho Kante, Jorginho Ruben. Like it seems to be any pairing that we use seem to play pretty well together to be honest and I think the difference between kind of the traditional like double six that we usually used to play is I don't think the double six used to get as much help so on paper it says we play two midfielders uh, under Tuchel but realistically when you watch Chelsea very rarely is there only ever two men in that midfield like either you get the fullback, uh, wingback, sorry. So you've got James and Chilwell. They like to come narrow a lot of the time. Uh, I feel like when the ball's on the left side, James will come narrow. When the ball's on the right side, maybe Chile will come narrow. They also do stretch the play. And I think that's kind of the big thing is they know when to do it. But also we have the kind of twin tens, which people call it. And whoever seems to play there, I think Tuchel's kind of made them feel like they're also, they also have to fill in a midfield role. Um, so I feel like, most of the teams that we play will play free in the midfield. I think that's probably the normal, the norm for most teams nowadays. So I think almost we we it looks like we're outnumbering people in midfield with with two traditional midfielders. And I yeah, I think that's just because of the wing backs and the twin tens will help out. And I think they're so like they're so tactically they're so well tactically coached that they don't seem to mess up. Like They don't seem to be getting in each other's ways. They all know where to be. And obviously, I know people have touched on it before, but I honestly do agree with them when they say, I think this is probably the best coached Chelsea side we've seen. Maybe not in terms of individual talent across the pitch. But in terms of pure coaching, I think this is the best coached Chelsea side we've seen, personally. So I think anywhere, like you can just you can see the effect that Tuchel's having, especially... Well, say, I say especially in midfield, but realistically, it's not especially in midfield. It's everywhere, bar maybe the attack. You could say there's little kind of um, teething errors, teething problems going through, going on there. But you see Tuchel's effect everywhere on the pitch. Just tactically, we're we're top 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 class. And if you're tactically that well coached, you can beat anyone. Mm, definitely, definitely, definitely. And um, Thomas, you, you mentioned earlier about um, why the t- attack's not clicking. So um, the Leicester game in particular, I, I, I wasn't really impressed with them. The two st- two of the starting attackers in them have at some mount. I thought I thought Kai did all right at times, you know, to maybe like get on the turn, you know, be his defender. But I still thought there was a lot more that we could have seen from the both of them. I thought I felt um, Kyle had a quite a good game, you know. He really did end up going into the game. But can you walk me through and why why you think the attack isn't really clicking, as you mentioned earlier? Um, yeah, um, I think everybody knows like our system is really solid. Um, but it's just that one last aspect, even though like we score a lot of goals at the moment, like, you know, we beat Norwich 7-0 the other day, we're scoring four against Juve, we're scoring three against Leicester. Um, 
there is it, it, there is still that aspect of like we can go to another level in the attack, right? Um, obviously, a lot of our defenders are scoring these days because um, I think the way that I think um, Sam touched upon this earlier, the way we're using our wing backs at the moment, like you know, inverting them, um, and then like getting out uh, twin tens to like stretch out, like, or or and then switching back and forward and switching back and forward is creating a lot of space for a lot of players, and that's why we've got so many different goal scorers. But um, to touch up back upon, like you know, our our attack, our actual attacking output, like from our attacking players, it's just not been there yet. There's only one guy, and I don't know. People might say I'm biased about this, but there's only one guy that's actually been good um, in the last couple of games um, for for Chelsea as an attacker, and that's Callum Hudson Odoi. He seems to be the only one that's actually um, understands how to control the tempo in the final third. Um, he seems to be the only one that actually knows how to play as a playmaker. He seems to be the only one that knows uh, when to release the ball um, or when to drive with the ball. Um, and um, yeah, he's he is one of our most creative players. And it's not a surprise to see that we are actually clicking a little bit more as an attack now that he's playing in his actual natural position. Um, I would say also that one of the main reasons why we don't have like you know that real fluid attack like as in we we have a fluid attack as in but our attacking players are not producing as well as they should is we haven't allowed like just a free to play consistently together to get to know each other together so in my opinion um i would lo- i would love to see a front three of callum um romelu Lukaku, and um mason Mike. Um, I think that's probably our most potent front three, but we haven't seen it yet. And um, I feel like these guys, all, all three of them, understand the system a lot. And Mason is li- maybe a little bit off form at the moment, but, um, you know, he'll get back into it. Lukaku um, is still not really embedded into the team. Obviously, he's still a top-quality striker, um, but he's still not really embedded into that team. So I feel like when those three actually start clicking, our attack can actually go to that next level straight away. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that, man. Like, I think the front three you said, um, in terms of Mason, Romelu, and uh, Callum, is probably our. I don't know. I, I, I like the feel of it, but also I think uh, Mount could possibly come in for Pooley. Uh, Pooley could come in for Mount. I think that could... I've always said I think Callum and Pulisic as kind of two wide players or twin tens is pretty much giving you everything you want from a, from a, from two wingers, I think. I think you have Callum as the metronome in that attack. Like you said, he controls the pace very well. He knows when to release it. He knows when to go forward. Like for a young player, I think that's probably one of his most underrated things is how kind of clever he is in terms of knowing the pace of the game. And I think if you've just got Pooley there for that kind of goal scoring winger, um, maybe he hasn't shown it as much, but I do think there's kind of positive signs that he is the most likely winger to kind of be, like he wants to score. He fiends for it. Like he's getting in the back post, like running into players to score. Like, so yeah, I, I think either Mount or Pooley and then Callum and Romelu for sure at the minute. 
Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm going to come over, come over to you, Jay. So you've just heard um, Simon Thomas's thoughts on that. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you a question. So um, we had a listener's question from, from one of our one of our fans in the Discord. Shout out to the Discord, of course. And he wants to know um, in terms of um, how important and how vital to, to how Tuchel wants to play is Mason Mount. You know, is he going through a poor vein of form, or is he simply just not at the level? Um, with with Mace. It's, it's so mad because this system, obviously starting out, even under Lampard, even like when Lampard was here, he played um, a similar system, or I think it was near enough the same system, really, like 3-4-3, three, three, um, a couple of times when he played like Barkley and Mount behind the striker. I think he played him behind Giroud against Tottenham. I think he played, I think they played behind Tammy against Tottenham as well, under Lampard in that same formation. And Mount done really well. In fact, Mount, I, I think... I remember even the Tottenham game, Mount had one of his best games. Like he was ridiculous um, in that role. But I still stand by the fact that I just think that this system, I, I, I think Mount is playing in a position where we're expecting him to do a lot of the things that don't naturally come to him. I don't, I don't think him creating chance after chance after chance for strikers, I don't think that's something that comes natural to Mount. I don't think um, he's naturally a winger like in terms of getting out there, getting out wide, beating players. I don't think he does any of that stuff naturally. What he does do naturally is that he obviously, he fills in, he fills in the gaps and he links play really well between like midfield and, 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 um, and the attackers. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he gets like, he's, he's, you know, creating chances, but he's getting the ball up the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he's, he's very good at doing that. He's quality at doing that. He's he's good technically. He's a neat footballer. Do you know what I mean? He's not messy. He's got a good touch. Like we've seen some crazy magical touches from Mount, like when he brings it out of the air and stuff like that. So I think Mount is a is a quality player, but I think in this, I think Mount is like a number eight. I think he's best in a three. And so for that reason, I think we're always gonna be in this kind of grey area with Mount, whether like he's gonna be able to get to the top to like the best version of him he can be in this system. That's for me personally. I just don't think he's ever going to be the best player he can be in this system because I don't think it is in this system where he thrives. I don't think he thrives in a 3-4-3. I think he thrives in more of a 4-3-3 where he can be the third midfielder to go off and just do whatever he wants or he can be like the the midfielder that helps kind of do the box-to-box work while you've got Jorginho there and then you've got, you know, maybe like another, like a Ruben or a Kovar, whoever. But, yeah, like or a Kanze, sorry, but for me, I I don't know. I, he he's off form, obviously, um, and I'm not saying he can't be effective in the formation. But I think when you look at players like we'll we'll get onto the Juventus game later later on, I'm sure. But you look at players like Ziyech, for example. Yeah, Ziyech has had some poor, poor, poor games for us, so poor. But you look at some of his natural his natural like um, movements and his, na- and his natural things to do when he gets the ball. And it's so different to like someone like a Mount where Ziyech will get the ball and he will just look up straight away. He'll, he'll play it straight away. Do you know what I mean? He sees it straight away. He just wants to, he, he wants to get the, the players through on goal. That's like his first thought. And with Mount, I don't think it's that. And which is why production in terms of assists and goals and stuff like that, it's not at the, it's not at the level that we want it to be with Mount because Naturally, he just doesn't do that when he gets on the ball. Do you know what I mean? Like with Ziyech, even though he he can stink out the joint, even in that same game that you're looking at where you're watching him play so badly, he'll probably have two or three through balls where a man should have probably scored or 
Done that's his most annoying trait. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Any yeah. given minute, you get one Ziyech or another Ziyech. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. This is what I'm saying. And and it's, and it's that's got to do with the fact that there's certain players, naturally, they just come into a position and they just do stuff. They they just do it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like Bruno even. like You see Bruno Fernandes. Like, I don't like talking about these clowns, but Bruno Fernandes will do the same thing. He'll have a stinker, but out of nowhere, he'll just play, play a man through on goal and it'll be a worldy pass. And you're just like, what the hell, bro? Like... And that that's literally, I think, that's where Mount's going to just get judged in the wrong ways, kind of like, because you'll see him do so much good work. But what we really needed Mount to do in the whole game with that 90 minutes, even though he ran around for us, he he chased back, he won he won possession, but he done all those stuff. But the game can end up nil-nil because the one through ball that we needed him to do, he just couldn't do it. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, I don't know, man. For me, it's, it's tough for Mount right now. I do think... Um, it's going to be tough for him to kind of get out of this rut as well. I'll be honest with you, because I think with players like, it's, it's far away for now, so he's kind of lucky, but with players like Gallagher, who are playing in the in the, in the the league at the moment and they're, they're performing in, in those kind of metrics, they're, they're doing well. Do you know what I mean? And, and they, I don't know, like, and unless the formation changes, I think it's going to be proper tough for him to kind of get back into the team Doing, mm. doing what he can do at a top top level for us. I, I, yeah, and, and even of what you just said there, like you said, the change is—is is he good enough a player to warrant changing the system? Do do you that's, change that's a winning formula? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and I, and I don't. That's what I'm trying to say. I, don't, I just don't think we do because, like, um, you, there's a few players that are all playing like this as well. So, for example, Havertz is is not probably doing what he should be doing in terms of the player that he is, in terms of talent that he is. You've got Ziyech who could be doing better. You've got Mount who could be doing better. So, so Tuchel's not going to change his system for anybody right now because none of, none of them are worrying that. Like, Mount isn't worrying it. So, at the end of the day, it's either going to be whoever's first to get to that level where, you know, they can start. Kind of like what Hudson odoi has been doing recently where he's, the, he's kind of like the first one out of the lot to kind of like cement a place this season for me. Like, out of everybody... He's gone out of his way. He's worked hard. He's, he's, he said, F the under-21s. I don't want to go to that shit. Like, I'm better than that. I can get into this Chelsea team. Let me get into this Chelsea team and I'll do what I need to do. He's coming to the Chelsea team. Boom. Cemented his place. Rom, he's kind of lucky because they're a big signing. So he probably cements his place automatically anyway. But yeah. we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But then, yeah, like, definitely. VH and them are fighting for the other place. So we'll have to wait and see, man. Mm, definitely, 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 definitely. And um, obviously, you know, we have to strictly, we have to get to the UBA game, you know, we, we have to. What, what a performance, absolutely electric. I'm going to have to come to you, Jay, straight away because I know you were at the game. Yeah. I just want to get your, your perspective. Like, just, how was the atmosphere alone? You know, like, how, how was the bridge? Because we, we, we heard the rules, you know, when, when you know, Kadam Asuna was we, scored, we, we, yeah, we heard the chanting. Like, just, just walk us through it. Yeah, yeah, you weren't one of those fans that went on the pitch, right? You were like, oh, <laughs> bro, I wanted to. I wanted to. I was just too high, bro. I swear, I would have been. <laughs> but um, nah, the, the the atmosphere was electric, man. Like, I think, um, I think Chelsea, the Chelsea fans really knew the kind of form that we was in. Like, they really felt confident about the game, and I think there was a bit of a sour taste as well left from the, from the obviously, the away leg where we dominated, really. Do you know what I mean? We dominated the whole game and we'd give Chiesa that one chance and obviously great finish from him. And yeah, we end up losing the game 1-0. But that the atmosphere, I think everybody was just up for it. The fans were up for it. Um, and the players just looked, even when the players come out, they just looked so focused. The, the, the drills that they were doing beforehand, it was really good. Like, 
I don't know. You could just you had a feeling there that we was gonna kind of come out and and really try and go for them, and then yeah, man, <laughs> game started and and the pattern kind of sitting really early on and yeah, like obviously all the Cobham kids getting on the score sheet and stuff. I know we'll, we'll go into we'll go into it in more depth, but the the Cobham the Cobham kids getting onto the score sheet, man, like. The, the the support for Hudson, the support for for Mount, even when he come on like as a sub, like the support for Ruben, even who's you know obviously he's back now, but yeah, like just the love for these kids at the club and like I don't know how to explain like you know when they say obviously when you're scoring for your club when you're playing for a club it's completely different in it when you're playing for like the club that you've you've um, grown up at and that and you've you've been there since whatever six seven eight you could just kind of see the difference like in terms of when them kids were scoring and that and the way they were like proper like cheering them on and that it was it was just so mad it was so so mad but the beautiful thing about that day was that the other the other players were getting it as well the Jorginhos the Verners the um the Zietches even like there was just so much support for all the players on that day and it was really good to see to be honest mm, definitely 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 and um you know, coming off of what Tuchel did, um, did say early on about um, how, you know, we need to set the tempo a lot better following um, the initial Juve game, you know. What a way to set it, you know, with that third goal especially. And um, Thomas, I'm going to come straight over to you. How, how do you feel like, what what differences are you seeing in, in this Chelsea team of, of now compared to even like a month ago, you know, where, whereby against Juve we seem quite tepid. We weren't playing as fast as possible. You know, what 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 what, what key influences are, are you seeing in terms of that 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 change there? Yeah, I, mean, I mentioned it earlier, but I think one of the key differences is definitely Callum. Um, just being allowed to play as that 10, um, because he seems to be the only player that actually understands how to dictate that tempo in the final third. And um, you can just see that it's okay, like still, we're still waiting on the rest of our attackers to kind of catch up. But you can easily see that when he gets the ball, you can see the triggers, like Chilwell makes a Chilwell makes that run on the left or on the inside, depending on what Callum is positioned. Um, Reese Reese starts running on the right, like Reese makes his trademark runs into the box from the right. Um, Jorginho avail, avails himself. Um, whoever's playing up front starts, like you know, moving when Callum has the ball. That's that's you can see that Callum is starting now seven games in a row, I think, or something like that, and it's not a coincidence that we've looked a lot more liquid going forward um, when he's been in a team in, in, the, in the position that he needs to be playing in. None of that right-wing back stuff um, that Tuke's put him under. But um, um, overall speaking, I think that's actually made him a better player in general. Um, so it's actually been good for his football dedication. And um, hopefully he just cracks on for me because I think Callum can still go to another level or two easily. We haven't seen the best of him. At all because um the way this guy was ripping up academy football, insane, insane. And um obviously, I think Tukes has um has understood how magical Cobham is as well, um because a lot of a lot of these um a lot of the team the, the teams that were setting out now um usually usually at least contain three or four Cobham players in the starting lineup. Um you've got Ruben playing, you've got Trevor playing. Uh, Reese James, obviously, like he's like the best player in the world right now. I don't know, I don't know what is, <laughs> I don't know what is going on with him. But um, and, and Callum, obviously, as well. Uh, Mason is there as well. Um, I think it's just, um, it, it, just like um, I think Jay touched upon it earlier. Just the fact that these guys are actually playing, it boosts the whole team 
like just the mentality that it brings to the team um, and the fans. We love it and the atmosphere that creates. It creates an enjoyable playing environment for these guys to play. And that's why they're enjoying their football. And that's why we're actually seeing just um, amazing results right now. And don't forget, we've got um, guys like Conor Gallagher and Lona Palace right now just doing bits. Um, another guy I'm really looking um, at um, right now is Levi Colwell. Um, amazing, amazing young centre-back. Probably one of the best talents to come out of Cobham. Um, he's on loan at Huddersfield right now. Um, he's another one that can literally just step in next season and um, contribute straight away. Um and obviously, um, just look around uh, the Premier League and like some of the players that are coming up from Cobham as well. Um, you've got uh, Tino Livermento, who's like Southampton's best player already. Like he's 18. Insane. You've got um, Tarek Lamptey, um, obviously just coming back from that horrific injury, um, but still like one of Brighton's most important players. And yeah, I think um, it just shows you the magic of Cobham. And I'm so happy that Cobham is finally showing what it, what it is. Um, it is it's really a special time um, at Chelsea right now. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Definitely, definitely, definitely. The magical combo indeed. And not just that, but, and for, for me personally, I think what, one, of the, one of the biggest um, differences in um, what Bossom impacted us has is, is definitely been the wingbacks, you know. Early on in the season, we, we saw Marcus Alonso and Aspi playing a lot and they just slowed down the tempo quite a bit, whereas... When you look at how um, aggressive, you know, Chilwell and uh, Reese James have been, not just to like get back, but to also get in the box, you know, stretch play, you know, add supporting numbers in midfield. I think they've probably been two of our, our biggest, our most. Imp- I think those two may be our most important players in this current system at the moment. You know, the goal threat they um, offer, the creativity they offer. You know, they're, they're not they're not they're not defenders. They're, they're midfielders. You know, they're, they're literally wide midfielders who are contributing to our, to our attack in, in in numerous occasions. Like it's not a coincidence that they find themselves in these positions. The numbers are obviously just a, a prerequisite of that. So that that's not that that's why that's not why I'm saying they, they've been so good, but it's just been the way they've played, the aggression and the intensity. So um yeah, I think those those two especially also are yeah, a key I definitely difference. agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Like Reese is everything. Shoots Reece like a striker, dribbles He's like a best. winger, defends like a centre back. Like it's it's crazy. I, I I genuinely like out of all round talents to come out of Cobham. Reese is, yeah, crazy for you. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, Reese James should be our next captain. That's, uh, that's a lot of, yeah, I, that's what I think. Of anyway. say this, but he's he's quite quiet. Like he said himself, um, he's like he just. I don't know if he's got that. Like I don't know the captain kind of oomph. Like he's a, he's he a leader the, by he example, was, isn't he? He's like he reminds yeah, me exactly. like a can a of a hazard. He leads by example, and I don't know if he's got that kind of. I don't know. Captains for me have to like. Be I, don't, a bit... I, I don't know because Maybe he, was we'll go actually, into he was actually the captain um, in the academy. You know, like when he was coming through, he was the captain of the, in that team. Um, in that team yeah, that maybe. won the uh, yeah. So I don't maybe know. like we don't really know. It's not happening in the change room and that. I just yeah on the pitch. He's he, I don't on the pitch. He doesn't really seem the loudest. 
He's a he's a twat though, like in a good way for Chelsea. He's, he's a twat. Yes, that's what I love. That's what like, I love. Mate. You see him like little things he does. He'll like get the ball and just like throw it away, and I love that. That gives me endorphins. I love that yeah. shit. To, to piggyback on what um, Babs was saying about the the wing backs, just general players as well. Like I think that when I when I was watching against Juventus, was like obviously you you get to see a lot of the stuff that they're doing off the ball as well, and it's like forget about the numbers just for a minute, but it's like just generally throughout the 90 and this was one of the reasons why I know a lot of people used to think like I was just getting onto Alonso just because I just hated him I didn't like him whatever please get onto but him like, more but the maddest thing the maddest thing was it was like for me it's, it's about how your team generally plays with that player in the team like in terms of just everything and when Chilwell come in I know the wing backs are both playing well now but at the beginning it was actually Chilwell that started the better form like in terms of he come in and he had us moving so good down the left like all of a sudden we could build play we could visit into him we could we could like link up with Chilwell do you understand and the 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 attacks that we were trying to sustain in in games it was happening more often and teams I don't think teams were were able to kind of focus on a weak link in the team anymore do you understand and so for me Reese and, and Chilwell not only are they good defensively but then they're also pushing the teams back now so teams can't even step onto us in the way that they want to step onto us and even if they do, it's like we're, we're too good defensively. Because like, I know we've spoken about the Cobham guys and all of that, but it's like even the, the back three, like um, Silver, obviously we've spoken about Silver already, but like Rudiger and um, whoever's there, whether it be Christian, um, Christensen or, or Trev. Like, bro, like Trev the other night, yeah, I, honestly, like... Insane baller. There's, there's not a lot of centre-backs right now that are doing what this kid is doing. I'm telling you, like... Cool, Mano can say he's coming, ah, uh, just slow down, but we don't need to slow down. We're here and now. It's here and now. We look, focus on what man's doing now. What he's doing now is crazy. What Trevor is doing right now is crazy. He's coming into teams, coming into games, big games. He's not putting a foot wrong. Bro, he's so was, composed. He's so bro, composed. One of the one of the hardest games I watched him watched him in this season was probably the Brentford one, and he still come up like he he struggled a little bit with kind of like some of that long ball and that. But even then, he's still putting like a, a, a what I'd call a top performance from somebody who's who's only just started playing this level of football. Especially considering what we've seen Tony do to Van Dijk and yeah. like them man. Like granted, like you said, the last 10, 15 minutes of that game was a bit, like, a bit iffy yeah, from everyone. On, but yeah. I mean, they're all they, they're just dashing the ball in the box. Like that's yeah. going to be hard for any centre back to deal with. But yeah, I so agree. I think, so I think the wing backs have kind of like just going back to that point. I think the wing backs have just fed off what the foundation is with many and them and they've used that and said you know what all right cool Tuchel told us to do this we're going to be brave and and do it and they're braver than ever right now like they are so excuse me they're so far forward it's ridiculous and like we've said before like the space is opening up and that with the techers that they've got in terms of their shooting tech their crossing tech there's only ever going to be one outcome at the moment and this is with an attack that's not even potent do you understand? This is with an attack that's not potent. Like, we're not fin- we, we don't finish our dinner. Do you understand? And we're slapping fours in. We're slapping threes in. It's going to need to change at some point. But I do feel like the wing-backs right now, what they're doing is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. What's going to have to change ASAP because Joel's injured? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to piggyback off um, what you were saying about wing-backs, um, the last game um, Alonso and Aspie, I think, played, as a pair, uh, I might be wrong with this, but uh, was that Man City game? 
atrocious, worst performance of the season. Why is that? Because like um, like you guys are saying, we didn't have that dynamism, we didn't have that athleticism that um, Reese James and Chilwell provide us. Um, Alonso and Aspie are just way too slow on the ball. Um, they're not like Aspie's old now, right? Um, and Alonso has never been like a real like athlete like that anyway. So um, I can even say like the last time I went to the bridge, which was um, Chelsea Zenit, um, I think Chile was just, I think Chile made his first like appearance for us then actually. So he was still really rusty, but he came on for like the last 20 minutes or so. And you could just see like the whole dynamism of that left-hand side changed after he came on for Lanza. And this was rusty Chile. And obviously now, um, yeah, he was, he, he did his, he did his thing. Um, obviously, unfortunately now he's, um, Injured. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is going to be with this. I don't know how much it's going to slow us down. I think it's going to be um, a pretty big problem. I can't lie because um, I think Jay, you mentioned it perfectly, man. When Alonso comes in, the whole dynamism in that side changes, man. Mm, mm. And, and right there, you know, that, that links into another listener's question I was going to ask you about. You know, we obviously following um the injury to Chilwell, you know, fingers crossed there's nothing too crazy. You know, we, we, it does look like an ACL injury. It, it does look quite serious, but we can only hope that it's, it's nothing too much in terms of a, a clear tear. So um, coming in from um, the Discord again, Luke, um, he wants to know, um, you know, with the emergency situation at, at left back, do we need to enter the market at, um, in January? You know, is Aspi good enough, you know, going forward, especially on the left or... Well, we have to see the, the 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 possibility of Cho having to go back there. You know, we obviously have we obviously have um, Emerson on loan at Leon. We've also got um, Ian Matson on loan in the Championship. You know, doing extremely well. You know, they're actually currently in, in a playoff push at the moment. So, do you want to you know potentially record those guys back, or do you want to you know go into into January and um and actually um go with another player? I'm going to come to you, Sam. First of all, I don't personally want to sign another left wing back or left back, um, whatever you'd say. Uh, I don't think it would be beneficial to the squad in terms of just, like, how do you even do that? Because you're basically saying, oh, we're just going to sign you. Can you kind of play backup? Um, can you play left wing back until Chilwell comes back and then you're backup? But I think that's very difficult to sign someone under that kind of, under that notion. Uh, we've just spent like 50 mil on Chilwell, was it? Um he should be our player for the future. And I just don't think it's beneficial to the squad to sign another left wing back. Like it might be beneficial for right now for like two, three months, but we don't even know the extent of Chilwell's injury yet. Yeah. They're telling us it might be, he might be back by January. Like there's no, com- yeah, there's no confirmation on it. So I don't think, I think I don't, I, I don't like Alonso. Everyone knows I don't like Alonso, but he, he, he can like, you got to deal with it, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I what we're trying to say. I hear what you're trying to say because, like, the thing is, if you sign someone as well, like, you sign someone and blatantly in front of Alonso's face, you're basically just telling man, yo, like, listen, man's gonna probably sell you in the summer, in it. So <laughs> this brother's gonna be back up, like, I, I, I done like three or four times. <laughs> no, but that's the maddest, the maddest thing is in football. No matter what their agenda is, you can't really. There's ways of doing things, so you can't really upset the squad like that because. Even though Alonso might not be liked by fans, there's probably a lot of the players that are cool with Alonso and like Alonso. Do you understand? So yeah, hundred. I don't, I don't know if the fans like in the in the stadium hate him. Like, yeah, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I just think his, his style of play in terms of going yeah. the other way, not so much going forward because every I think a lot of Chelsea fans actually love him because of the goals that he scores against Spurs, yeah probably Arsenal and that. Yeah, you know I'm saying so. I don't think it's that 
that um, people dislike. I think just people know that we're defensively alive yeah. on that side. It's probably more of their love for Chile as well. Like, they, like, I think they yeah, love Chile. Yeah. So. 100%. And I, and I just feel like you don't want to upset this. I agree with you, Sam, in terms of that. Like, you don't want to upset mm. the squad. Yeah, so, I'd rather play Aspie there than Alonso anyway. Bro, and yeah. Aspie, Aspie, when he first came into Chelsea, yeah, for those who remember, he come in and he took Ashley yeah. at left back. Yeah, so... In, I don't even like putting Aspie and Alonso in the same sentence. Like, I don't like. I actually think that's unfair to Aspie. I don't even think he's bad. I think no, nah, nah, of course not. Really course. overstated how bad he is. Like there was even points like before this season. I, I said it on pods. I've said it in group chats. Like Aspie was almost a better option at right wing back than James at points. Like he done things there that I don't think James done. And James has learned and he's got a lot better. But Aspie in the final third, like he's not that bad. Like, hasn't he got the most assists ever for us from like as a defender? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think he's terrible, but it goes back to what I was saying about you know throughout the ninety. So throughout yeah, the yeah, yeah, he's slow. Like, yeah, when peak. you're trying to build up play and you're trying to play in a certain way and you're trying to mm. be quick with the passing and stuff like that. Yeah, that's for where sure. an issue. But the reason I'd rather play Aspie there solely is because he can defend. Aspie. Yeah, he gives you defensive security. Yeah. So okay, maybe you can't attack as well on that left side but at least you're defensively secure. Yeah, like, at least that. there's that. And then you've got to deal with, you've got 10 other players on the pitch that can attack and do everything. 100%. So, and, yeah. and the thing is, we have to remember, it's not the wing-back's job. It's not the no. wing-back's job. Like, this, we, our wing-backs have been doing a madness, but it's, mm. not, it's not our wing-back's job. At the end of the day, Hudson is starting to get some form and the, the, the attacking situation, it has to click at some point in this season. Otherwise, we're not going to win the league. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, I, I would love to say that we would win the league on the back of um, wing-backs scoring left, right and centre. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's a realistic goal to win the league with... Maybe. The I don't think the attackers need to bang-bang goals, though, because I think a lot of not, Chelsea's not, title wins have been no, I'm not goals saying like, around I'm the not team. saying, like, Salah pro- like production. I'm not saying stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying, like, you know, like, we're struggling to even get, like, one or two. Do you know what I'm saying? from our Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100. And, and that has to happen at some point. So, for me, I feel like the Aspie thing is fine. And um, I feel like, especially where it's on the side that um, are probably our most informed attacker is at the moment in Callum. I think that's even more than that's that's the, that's a bonus. Do you know what I mean? So, um, Aspie for me is I'm calm with that. If Aspie's the one that comes in at left wing back, I'm I'm definitely happy with that to be honest. And Alonso for for the games where he can play, and he probably does probably nick a goal in them games as well because there's going to be games that Alonso can actually play. So, yeah. Yeah, so you've just said, you know, playing Aspie at, at left wing back, but don't you think there's any, um, you know, possible effects that you can have, you know, going forward, you know, with there, you know, obviously with the uh, wing back, you know, obviously um, needing to um, both show for width and um, being able to play that inverted role. Do, do you think Aspie has the potential to, to do it, you know, because playing off, off the left, you know, and being on playing on the inside, he's not exactly the quickest, so... No, will he be? Not. Will he be? Will he struggle there? And and not just that, but how, how would um a player like Cho? You know, you know, we, we know this guy. He likes to play with a lot of interplay. He likes yeah. to link up with his wing back. We saw it literally against Juve. So, how 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 does that affect you know the, the overall balance of the team going forward? You know, potentially. What 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 I would say is that all, all that's going to need to happen now, and it goes back to what I was saying about the attack is, I think Tuchel's actually going to have to accelerate this kind of um the production he needs from his attack. Because one thing I clocked at, um, at Juve when, when, when I was watching the game is that Ziyech, for example, Ziyech was a lot of the time the guy that was dropping in there. And I know our wing-backs come in, 
But a lot of the time, Ziyech was dropping in there. He was getting the ball. He was dropping really deep to get the ball as well sometimes. And the reason why he was doing that, because all he was looking for was for Pulisic or Cho to make a run so he could find them. And a lot of the times he would, he would, he would make the pass. Sometimes it didn't come off. I think there's a few in the first half didn't come off. But the runs were there. And, and eventually they, both, they all clocked on. And they were like, all right, cool. I know what he's going to do next time he gets the ball. And they were off as soon as he got the ball. I don't think we need Aspie as much to be able to make that happen for, for Cho in terms of those. I agree with the, the link-up play. I think we'll just see less of that. I think we will see less of that. I, I don't think that's going to be a thing that's going to um, happen as much with Chilwell out, unfortunately. But the way to combat that is is probably just to try and get someone like Ziyech or whoever is playing in that hole, getting the ball, just try and get them on the ball as much as possible. Jorginho is making a few more passes as well. Kovacic is going to have to make a few more passes as well. Because I think one thing that we are still guilty of is that we, we're still hesitant to play that pass. Sometimes just play the pass. Like we're taking too long, but we're holding on to it. Aspie, for example, if you know that Aspie is your left wing back and you know that he's not going to be able to do the link-up play as much and, and put, put Joe through, then we need to get our midfielders on the ball and our, our midfielders need to take initiative. I think Ziyech, the, big, the best thing that he'd done on, on um, Tuesday night was that he just took initiative. He said, you know what, Pulisic ain't getting no joy down the middle. He ain't, he, he, Pulisic was trying to drop for it and he wasn't getting the ball. So Ziyech just took initiative and started dropping, getting the ball, playing it over the top, playing it through for Pulisic, playing it through for James. He was everywhere that night, everywhere. Like, not everything come off, like I said, but I think it's just going to be down to our players, like, understanding who can do what and then trying to give a bit more here and there because we've got no choice at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? Like, we're going to have to, like Sam said, we're going to kind of have to deal with your well-being out. So, yeah, I think, I think that's the way to combat it, to be honest. Mm, definitely, definitely, definitely. And I mean, we can just only hope that um, he's not out for too long because with the January fixture list, you know, it may just be a time to take advantage, you know, with Liverpool, you know, losing out on Mane and Salah in um, AFCON. So we can only just hope, you know, that he comes back, you know, nice and fit in, in due time. And we just have to hope it's not a, a serious ACL injury, you know, as, as, crazy as, that, as crazy as that is to say. So, um, you know, going off of um, that UBA game, you know, let's talk about winners and losers. So we've, we've obviously seen, you know, well, I don't know if you guys have recognised, but we played the exact same um, back seven, um, back eight, if you're going to include Mendy, um, in both this game and the Leicester game, you know, in terms of playing Trev, Rudiger and um, Thiago in the back three, with um, Chilwa and Reese as wingbacks and Kante and Jorginho in midfield. So that seems pretty set in terms of um, how Tuchel wants to play. But obviously, you know, with the attack, We've seen two different ones. So we've seen um, Hudson-Odoi, Havertz and Mount against Leicester. We've also seen Hudson-Odoi, Pulisic in the false nine and Ziyech against Juventus. So um, I want to come to you, um, um, Jermaine, you know, to, to get your thoughts on this. You know, So for, for, so for me personally, I, I do like the idea of him playing um, Pulisic as, as that striker figure. I think he has the ability to, to make those runs. But my, my, my initial fear um, that I've said is that I just don't think it's going to work against teams that like to play in the deep block, you know especially teams that are not, are quite big and physical because you're, you're going to need to have a striker that's going to be able to hold onto the ball a bit more. And I don't think that's really um, Pulisic's type of game. So I want to get your thoughts on, on that, both in terms of Pulisic playing um, in, in terms of the false nine and just in terms of like how you felt those two attacks have been performed in the last few games. I'll be quick um, so the others can also so chime in. But uh, um, Pulisic, I can't lie to you, he was awful against Juventus. Like, really bad. I don't know what you lot saw on... I don't know whether I, I was missing something because 
obviously you man would have been watching it as well, but like I don't know, you lot could tell me if I'm if I'm being harsh, but I f- I felt like any time he was dropping, he was hardly touching the ball, getting the ball, hard, like touches were few and far between, getting overpowered physically. Um I think they, they even outsmarted him quite a few times in terms of like just when to kind of nick the ball off of him, when to kind of give him a nudge. Like he in that false nine, I don't think it's it's it at all. I don't think that's where he needs to be if we're gonna get anything out of Pulisic, to be honest with you. Um I I'd much rather have someone somebody like Ron back up there. But for me now, after seeing um ZH against Juventus and also I think a lot of people have forgotten like what Ziyech's form was up was like up until he got his shoulder injury, and I and I still I still think he's kind of carrying that injury a little bit. I I, I really do think he's still carrying that injury a little bit. I think he's still thinking about it a lot. Um, he took a little bit of a knock on, in the game as well, and I think I, I thought his shoulder had gone again, but thankfully it didn't. But I think the attack might need to have somebody like Ziyech in there. As I say somebody like Ziyech, Ziyech basically. Because I think it needs to be Ziyech, Cho, in terms of being pure curators. And then I think it might need to be Lukaku, obviously, up top, so that we've got somebody that can actually bag the goals. Because I think Ziyech will, will always look to get those two in behind when he can. But I also think even if there's not a lot of space, Ziyech will still see them and try to find them. And I feel like as long as he's doing that, I think with Cho, who's a bit more efficient, you'll get efficiency from Cho. But then you'll also get kind of like the worldy pass from Ziyech that doesn't come off all the time, but at some point in the game it will. And I just think with him having that kind of positive, you know, that positive body language when he gets the ball, he always wants to get the ball and then look forward and play the pass. I think that will suit somebody like Lukaku a little bit more and it will stop him from having to stay central all the time. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it will force him to kind of have to start making runs. Whereas at the moment, if Mount or Kovacic or whoever gets the ball, Lukaku just stood still centre and, and, I, and I don't really like that so yeah for me I want to see the next attack I want to see come like flipping Russian roulette bro come like the lottery that is crazy we're just changing attacks all the time but I'd want to see probably Cho um, Ziyech and Lukaku in, in terms of after seeing the last two attacks I still think there's something missing and I think Ziyech might be the guy to kind of if he can get some form though because obviously if he's thinking out the joint then yeah, we're just going to be doomed, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, mm. Lukaku and and Cho is probably what I'd want to see um, for a few games, if I'm being honest. Mm, definitely, definitely. I I do like the, the sounds of that attack potentially. I, I do think there's, there's a nice balance of creativity, you know, goal threat. You know, as you said as well, you know, we have the brute force nature of um, Ziyech. And I think it'll be interesting to see how that performs. Um, so the reason why I asked that specifically was because I know a lot of people have, um, you know, teased Dan specifically about, um, you know, the, how fluid Chelsea play with him, Havertz up top. And it just goes to show that it is not an easy role, you know, to play the number nine. You know, like it's, it's a lonely role. You're not always going to get touched with the ball. You're, sometimes you're going to be outnumbered, you know, by quite a, quite a lot, um, quite a few um, centre-backs. So, it just goes to show you that it's not the easiest of roles. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes going forward. So, Tom, I'm going to come over to you as well. So has Cho um, etched his name into the line, into the, into the lineup as a starter? And, and do you think there's a possibility of him ever going back as, as a wing-back? Uh, it's difficult. Um, because, like, like you said, we're in a little bit of a crisis right now. We're chilling out, right? And um, I feel like... Um, we still, 
it, it's it might be difficult for Tukes not to like maintain that sort of intensity that we get from our wing backs. Who else can provide that intensity at left wing back right now? It might have to be Cho. I hope not, uh, because I I feel like you know, like as a young player, you want to play in a position that you you feel like you're best at. Um, and because he's actually in good form in that position as well, um, for him to go to that next level, that next level up or even above that, um, he needs to he needs to carry on playing in that position. And uh, for me, he's actually been our best, our most consistent attacker anyway. So. Out of all of our attackers, he's the one that um, deserves to start the most. Um, so yeah, now it's 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 a hard one. It's a really hard one. Um, but yeah, now I think for now, um, I think the, the two guys that actually have their names edged on the sheet right now, in my opinion, um, are Cho and Lukaku, and we need to build around them. It, it, after that, it is um, it is either Ziyech or or Mal or Pulisic. Um, I think Sam made a good point earlier about Pulisic. Actually, um, I'm not I'm not Pulisic's like biggest fan, but I do appreciate his attributes as a player. Um, I think you know, like that hunger that he has to score a goal is really important. And um, yeah, um, the, the problem is we don't really have that many creators. Um, but if you if you pair him up with a couple of creators, not in the false nine rule rather in like that number 10 where you can actually run in from deep. Um, you know, kind of like um, how Sterling used to play for Man City early on, you know, like kind of like, you know, like uh, maybe um, maybe that's what he needs to model his game on. Like those off the ball runs. Um, I don't want to see like him playing hero ball, if that makes sense. Um, this is not America, you know, this is like the Premier League. I want him to make those runs off the ball, um, get at the end of get the end of crosses. He's actually really good at that. That's that's what you should be focusing on. And um if he needs to like, you know, step past a player or two, I don't want to see him step past five or six players like you think he can do. Um he needs to just focus on, you know, getting into the box, um, trying to score. Um yeah, um and uh, and obviously we've got Ziesh there as well, um, who gives us that directness. And then, um, yeah, Mason Mount as well, who is a bit of an enigma at the moment. Um, but people forget that he is still, he's still, he's only 22, 23. He's still a young player. He still has a lot to learn in the game. He's still really raw, actually, if you think about it. He's still a really raw player. Um, he is kind of in between right now. Like, you want to play him as an eight, but obviously that doesn't go in our system. Or do you want to persist with him as a 10? And does he learn more about that being a real 10 as a player? Um, yeah, it, it's 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 really difficult for Tukes right now um, when it comes to that attack, just like picking the best three um, because there's so many different characteristics in the squad and um, none of them have really gelled. But the two that I do believe we need to build our attack around is definitely Cho and Lukaku right now. And anyone else needs to be added to that. Mm, they're, they're calling it a Royal Rumble, man. They're, they're, they're saying it's, t- it's time to give um, Kyle the, the, the keys to the streets, man. You know, the, the, the streets have been asking for this for, for many a year and it seems that we are potentially going to get to see this, you know, on, on Sunday, hopefully. So, um, yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see. Um, so, Sam, um, important question here. Um, is, is history about to be made? Is, is a double, if not a treble, on the cards here for Chelsea? Of course it is. Of course it is. Like, I don't see how anyone can watch us. I've been shouting our praises from the start of the year, man. Like, 
everyone was going crazy. Liverpool this, City this. Oh, look how good Liverpool's attack is. Oh, look how good City are. And we were just there, like, yeah, we were finding our feet, which we doing our thing. And then, like, now we've proper... I still, like, that's the, word, that's the best thing about it. I still don't feel like we've proper exploded. Like, I feel like there's still a kind of another level or two we can go up. And I mentioned it earlier, and we've had some great teams in the past, but this like tactically like game to game you see Tuchel doing different things like for opponents and just I'm I'm really like I'm just gassed a bit of Chelsea fan at the minute to be honest I, I think if you look at the Champions League none of those teams want to play us like none of them over two legs they got rid of, I haven't someone told me they got rid of the away goal rule now as well for this year which I didn't know but apparently confirm, they have can confirm they have got rid of the away goal rule don't know if that helps us or what, but I mean, we don't concede many goals. So any knockout tournament, we got a good chance. Uh, if we go back to back, they better mute me on the timeline. They better mute me everywhere because I will never shut up. Never, ever will I shut up if we go back to back in the Champions League. And the Premier League, I mean, how long has it been? Four years? Five years? Yeah, it needs to come back. I'll tell you how long it's been, bro. It's, it's been too long. Too long, exactly. It needs to come back to London. The capital, the rightful place. Yes, the Premier League needs to be here, and and the players just—I've got that feeling. I've just got that got feeling in my bones. Like Mourinho when he came back, that remember that second year, the Conte after that. I remember because I went actually to the whole game, which was the first game we used the uh, three in the back, um, and just I just got that feeling like the players want it. You can tell they're hungry. The atmosphere in the camp seems like brilliant. They all seem like. There's no egos, it doesn't feel. They're all happy for each other when each one scores. They're all celebrating together. It just, yeah, it's, it feels good. I, I honestly, I'm not going to say we're going to do the double because, I mean, it's football, you never, ever know. But Premier League looks looks good, but we need to keep putting those results together. Uh, I ain't worried about Liverpool, personally. I think I ain't as impressed with them as others. I think their attack does look good in points, but... Football is more than just three players up front. It's a whole unit. And I think they're going to drop points here and there. I can't see us... Like, we're going to lose a game, don't get me wrong. We're going to draw a game, don't get me wrong. But I cannot see us putting together a three or four game period where we just flop. Honestly, I can't see that. Maybe maybe I'll be eating my words later on this year, but I can't see that. City, however, I'm, I'm a li- li- little bit scared. Uh, just because City are this... Like, none of us... Like, I, I mean... Technically, my little cousin's a City supporter and my uncle and that, but I don't, like, yeah, so I don't really speak to them about football. And I don't know any City fans, so they do this thing where they, like, they go under the radar and then you, like, close your eyes for, for a minute. You open your eyes, they're fucking 10 points clear. They've won 13 games in a row. You're like, what the hell? Like, where the hell does this come from? Like, just they're just beating teams 3-4-0 for fun, not even playing a striker. Bernardo Silva's got 13 goals. Ferran Torres has got eight. Like, it's just like what, what the hell? Like, where has this come from? So we, we really need to not kind of let our foot off, off the gas. We just need to keep going. And like a cliche, but game by game, we just need to take it like game by game and just go, basically. Definitely, yeah, definitely, the, definitely. Yeah, the scary thing about City is um, the Bruyne is not even in form yet. <laughs> so... You know, it's one of them That's, ones. Yeah, yeah, City just like City are just weird, man. They'll just they'll just they will they will go for a period this season where they win like eight or nine games in a row. So we also need to go through that period of winning eight nine games in a row. Like we just yeah. I tell you, I tell you for, for, for like 
for one though, yeah. Um, just quickly, I don't think we touched on him. Like, you see Jorginho, yeah? Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I used to... <laughs> I was not the biggest fan of that guy, yeah? But I prefer not to speak about what I was saying about that brother during Frank nah, Lampard's time. Hey, listen, listen, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, I can confirm, this guy is an elite footballer. When I tell you, yeah, the stuff I was seeing that guy do against Juventus, off... It, it, the the TV be tricking us, bro. I'm telling you because this brother, his reading of the game, silly, silly, bonkers. Like I thought, yeah, him not having the legs and all of that was the real reason why he couldn't get to things here and there. But it is it is true. You do have to look at sometimes the system that some of these players are set, set up in, and like the way they're coached and the way the teams coached. Because on my last Jorginho, yeah. That's one of probably the one of the best live performances I've ever seen from a player. And I say in a lot, because I've seen quite a few players. Like, I've been to a few games. I've seen proper ballers that like Zola and them guys. What are you saying when you uh when you when you watch the game you don't see Jorginho, but when you watch Bro, Jorginho, I don't see what Jorginho is doing, but off the ball, because you're obviously when you're at the game, you're like you're watching stuff off the ball. So you know, you know the camera kind of tries to focus on the ball as much as possible. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you're you get drawn to that more so. But when when you're when you're watching it at the stadium, you're sometimes you you just randomly find yourself like watching the next player. Do you know what I mean? And with Jorginho, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, man. Like, with Jorginho, I just kept seeing him like moving so early, moving so early into spaces and closing down the spaces. So when Juventus were trying to get out, they just couldn't get out. And the way he controls the game, the way he knows three or four passes ahead than most players on the pitch, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's playing like Raven. No, and no, sees no. it before it happens. I don't, but I don't want people to do this thing where they act like he hasn't improved because he's improved massively. But, no, um, he's definitely improved. He's improved massively. Yeah. Like He wasn't doing this when he first came. But at the same time, I do think that there was a lack of appreciation for the type of footballer that he is. Obviously, maybe due to the league, maybe due to just what you see generally in the Premier League in terms of like, maybe what you've grown up with. I don't know what it is, but... So there's some of his like the the low light reels you see like he just gets pammed and like you see that on repeat and you know what I mean like it's a spin isn't it it's a spin yeah, yeah but like this this Jorginho that I'm watching of recent and and probably for the 2021 and and I'm kind of annoyed that a lot of people have been kind of um, playing down his whole Ballon d'Or run and that not because I feel like oh he's the best player in the world but because I just feel like Jorginho can only be the best player he can be in his position. Like, he can't be the best striker because he's not a flipping striker. He's not going to go and score 30 goals. He's not going to go do what Messi and Lewandowski do. Do you get what I'm saying? But the fact is, that guy has been a controller for the whole year of 2021 um, for Italy and Chelsea, winning a Super Cup, winning the Euros, um, winning the Champions League. He's now top of the league with Chelsea and he's a massive part of that. And a man didn't want to talk about him like he's just another, like, like another DM. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, he's, in, like he's just any other deep line playmaker but he's he's actually not like for me watching him yesterday I, um, on Tuesday sorry I just felt like it was like an education bro, on on how to play that position because he was actually <laughs> amazing so I just wanted to give him his flowers because because real talk not a lot of players or not a lot of fans sorry like come out and say oh you know what I was wrong about that player but like yeah man education is key in it like that that brother there he's a big baller still. apologies 
we big, got it wrong. Big, big baller. <laughs> it's interesting you say that, you know, because um, I know someone else that went to the bridge um, on Tuesday as well. And he was saying exactly the same thing you were saying, bro. Um, that guy is like off. You just got to, it, it just reminds me of like, uh, I think when I first saw John Terry live, um, people like used to like be like, oh, this guy's kind of overrated because like, he doesn't have that athleticism, he doesn't have that pace. But when you see his understanding and his reading of the game and how he just was like a, like five steps ahead of the strikers all the time, I feel like it's kind of the same with Jorginho. And obviously, Jorginho also has that orchestrating, orchestrating um, component about himself as well. Um, I think, to be honest, like I think you're right. Like He was not this good um, last season or the season before. It's that adaptation period. Um, Premier League is just quicker. Um, it's more physical. Um, for players like Jorginho, it's really hard to shine in this sort of environment. But he understands the environment he's in now. That's what he's been like in 2021. Um, and it's made him a much better player because he's had to think quicker. He's had to, he's had to pop the ball quicker. He's had to read the game quicker. It's actually just made him a better player um, to be in this environment that he is right now. And you could see that um, in the Euros as well for Italy. Um, he really stepped up. Like he, he took it to another level. I don't think I've seen him perform like that for Italy um, before. Um, and obviously he was really key in that Champions League run. He's been key this season for Chelsea. Um, yeah, we just got to give him his flowers, man. Um, he, he's, um, he's, he's, um, he's, he's a top player. He's actually a top player. And that's it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And it just goes to show, you know, you know, it's always good to, you know, be able to hold your hands up to say, you know, you were wrong about a player. And another player that I think, um, well, me personally, I was definitely wrong to write off as um, Ruben loves the sheet, you know. You, 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 you saw his camera, you know, coming off from the Juve for the UV game, you know, when, when um, Kante's fourth injured and, man, it, it didn't even look like a drop of inequality, you know, he, he was amazing you know, in the build-up to the, to the third goal. You just saw, you know, the unselfishness, you know, after making that of marauding run into the box to lay off to, to Cal, you know, his ability to get out of um, tight situations, you know, obviously I think there's, there's definitely a time and play for him to be like doing the dribbling and stuff, but you just have to appreciate, you know, the, the quality and, and and just how far, you know, he's, he's come, you know, in terms of coming back from that injury because, Watching him at Fulham, you know, that, that's where, like, my worries are like, oh, is he going to come back? You know, and you look at our Chelsea, are like, our Chelsea going to have the patience, you know, to, to bring him back. And it's a testament again to Tuchel, you know, that he, he was able to trust him because obviously, you know, we, we brought in Saul and after Saul's absolute stinker, he said, you know what, I'm not going to force him. I'm going to give Ruben this opportunity because he, he deserves it. And he's just taking it with, with two hands held out. Yeah, now Ruben Ruben was stinking the drain up at Fulham, I can't even lie. But um, you know, that that injury to come back from that, just that mental strength is honestly incredible. Hey, it's you, just so oh, you don't know about 38 game preseason. You, you don't know about that. Listen, yeah, longest preseason ever. That 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 was yeah, Ruben's preseason, bro. After that injury on my life, every game I watched him for Fulham, yeah. All I was looking at was, yo, is he running a bit quicker? Is he getting a bit fitter? Like, I, bro, honestly, he was hot yeah. ass, man. Mm. I can't even lie. No, like, hot nah, ass for Fulham. The thing is, I, I fully expected him just not to be good. And I feel it. Like, I feel like even in his head, I think to a degree, I think he was just focusing on playing as many games because I think he always felt like um, the manager, the manager's going to know that I've got ability and I'm going to be able to show him in preseason when I come back. 
I think for him, he just wanted to be able to show the next manager how good he he can he can be and how good um, how how much ability he had. But while he was the fittest he could be, and I think the whole time at Fulham, he, I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm I'm not him, but I wouldn't have been surprised if the only thing he was thinking about at the time was let me just get another game under my belt. Obviously, give his all, but let me get another game under my belt. Let me get sharper because really and truly, the ultimate goal is to come back to Chelsea and try and make my way back. And that's why it's so much more satisfying seeing him do it this year because it's almost like, I feel like it was almost like a goal for him. Like this was always the goal for him. Like get get fit at Fulham and then come back um, to Chelsea and see if he can get back into the team. And he's, and he's managed to do that. But like Bab said, like his, his, um, his cameos coming on and, and even when he started some of the games has been, has been um, ridiculous. So hopefully that continues. He might even get a start against United. You never know. So. Mm, definitely, I think I think he I think he's definitely going to start that, and he and he deserves it. He he deserves it, man. He he deserves it. And I think he's only um, Jorginho and him fit, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and in that Roman role that Mkante played him against Leicester, I think I think he's going to cause absolute damage. Like that, there's not meant. I don't think there's. I don't think there's. I was going to say I don't think there's a midfielder in world football that, that can get him off the ball. You know, like physically, uh, and that's and that's just not even that technical. The only one that can. Ability. It's, 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 he's injured and he's injured. Yeah. It's Kante. Yeah. That's the only one who can get yeah. him off the ball. Exactly. And, and not just that, but his ability to, you know, drive, you know, pick up pick up guys in the box, you know. I, I think he'll be, you know, really, really but good. McTominay's going to meet true PMP. That's all I'm saying. Mm. For real, for real, for all real. This, oh, yeah, McTominay can dribble out the back. <laughs> Watch when he meets Ruben. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. And, you know, obviously, you know, the game on Sunday, you know, United, big game. So, Luke um, from the Discord also wants to know him. Are United destined to beat us? You know, it seems as though we always lose to teams that are in crisis. You know, our tethers, Arsenal, you know, them didn't double over us. Do do you are, are we worried about the game on Sunday, or is it just going to be another three point? I'm going to start with you, Thomas. Uh, well, um, I'm going to ask one question actually before I before I continue. What do you think? Uh, what do you man think about Anthony Taylor referring the game? Boy, I can't lie. I was trying to avoid that one. I was trying to avoid that one. I because... can't. I can't uh, say I'm my sorry, real thoughts. Bro, I had to drop it. Me and Jermaine spoke about it earlier this week, and boy, we, we we weren't too happy about that one. We were not too happy about that one. Listen, listen we we just gotta get on with it, man. Like, mm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what else to say, bro. Cute. That guy. We have to carry on. Hopefully, two calls. Um, genius can can pull us through, bro, because. Yeah, yeah hopefully Maguire don't go around booting people in the fucking yeah crazy man fucking nah, Gazaniga volleying Alonso in the head he booked Alonso nah it's crazy man crazy, crazy guy crazy. that brother is a nasty brother oh my god man like yeah is he the one that's from yeah. Manchester I say he's from yeah, Manchester he's a, he's, a, he's a Mancunian as well that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing he's actually a Mancunian but anyway um, let me actually talk about the United game itself now. Um, yeah, uh, this is this is this is this can be like a, a kind of like a pivotal moment for us in the season, like where you know if we if we really like show our authority, show how well we've been playing over the last couple of weeks, show and we really dominate because um, you know obviously United lost that game against Liverpool and Liverpool just run riot. If we can do something similar, then I think people have to stand up and finally give Chelsea their due. Like, we are 
genuine title contenders. We're literally top of the table, but it doesn't feel like we're top of the table yet. If if you get if you guys get what I mean, because nobody nobody's talking about Chelsea like that still. Nobody's talking about Chelsea like that. But if we can make a statement against United with you know all the media's on uh, just how United like you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer etc etc etc. If we can make a real statement, it could be a platform for a successful title run. That's all I'm saying. Mm, I feel like you're giving a United a United win a bit too much credit, though. Personally, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really. I don't know. I don't think they're the best of teams, you know. To, to really say, you know, beating them is going to be the the, 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 the real. It, you yeah, know, no, no, it's not. It's, it's not about their. It's not about their quality as a team at all. Like they're they're washed. They are so washed. Don't get me wrong, but obviously they have something to prove. And you know what it is like. Um, a wounded animal is its most. It's at its most dangerous. It's one of them ones. Um, what if the animal's lost both its legs? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, like, in terms of the question we said about crisis, I don't, they're not in crisis anymore. They've got, the, they got the grandfather of football coming to their club. So, I mean, like, yeah, they're not in crisis. So, should be easy win for us. They're man of rubbish. If we lose this, I'll just, I, can't, I can't be well, asked. Listen, I can't lie to you. I need, I need that 4-0. That's what I need. I need, I need five, even. I need, I need that saying, early, we need to make a statement. I need that early Pedro goal. You know, the, the early Pedro goal. I need Lukaku to score a goal, run to the bench, pick out a backpack, put the backpack on, pull out the Timberlands <laughs> from the backpack and celebrate like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need. That's what I need. Uh, on, a, on a real, I think, um, obviously, United have always got quality on the pitch, innit? Like, that's, that's never been um, a secret about their squad and, and their first 11 normally. But, um, I do think though, like going off the coming off the back of that Juventus game, the the squad has got to be feeling ridiculously confident about playing anybody right now, even including City. If we had to play City tomorrow, I feel like the squad would play that like, they would feel so confident about playing any team right now. So um, United are, you know, like we said, a bit of a wounded animal, or whatever. But I still think that until their new interim manager comes in. Um, They've got work to do on Sunday. Do you know what I mean? They've, they've got to figure out a way to stop us. I don't think it's... What I don't want to see is I don't want to see a thing of oh, us figuring out a way to stop them. Do you understand? Because if I see that on Sunday, I will be very pissed off. Because um, I know they've got a lot of attackers in that. And, and you know, obviously really good attackers in terms of like Sancho, um, Ronaldo. Who? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> Sancho, you know. Bump nah, hey, listen, boys. <laughs> Once upon a time, we wanted him here, you know. Let's, let's show some respect to him. I'm joking. Nah, nah, I, I true, feel, true, true. nah, nah. I feel like um, uh, they they have still got obviously players that can hurt us in it. More, more so, obviously, if we talk about the ones that are in form, Ronaldo, Greenwood, them. Do you know what I mean? Even them, man. So. Yeah, I feel like I just don't want to go into the game and we're like, oh, you know, sit off and, and wait for them to try and, you know, attack us or whatever. I want us to push on to them and proper make them panic. I feel like, you know, they've got no Maguire, so they've got kind of like no leader at the back, really. Um, I said Maguire leader. Jermaine, what's, what's, what's going on here, man? What's going on? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. They're in the, they're in the market. They, they got no... That's who their leader is, bro. bro. That's who yeah, captain is, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> bro, that's an advantage for them that he's out. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know, you know. I don't know. Nah, you know. I'm joking. Bro. They're going to play, what, Lindelof and Bailly? Bro, yeah. the depth... Yeah, the nah, depth we great. should be feasting. We should be feasting. That's what I'm like, saying. If Lukaku starts, like... he should put Lindelof in the gulag. Bro, right. listen. It, it, facts, fact remains, yeah. That back line... 
is not playing well at all right now. At all. Shaw's all over the place. But Saka, I think he'll just give you what he always gives you, which is recovery. Um, and then you got them, them two. How can Matt say Basaka is just recovery? Yeah. And then you, got you see that, that video of his first touch. Bro, and then you've got the two man no way. in the middle, Lindelof and, and probably, I don't even know who's going to be what, Varane or Bailly, one of them. I don't even know who. I think Varane's injured. There you go. I don't know about Bailly, he's always injured, so he's probably injured. So, Bro, who knows, mate? This is what I'm saying. So, and then the midfield, like I just said about Jorginho and, and um, all right, it's going to be Jorginho and Loftus Sheep probably. But even them two, man. They, they walk into United's midfield right now, brother. Their, their midfield is nuts. And I'm yeah, going to watch the fight card in a minute because I'm interested to see what these men have got to say because they're going to be chatting a lot of crowd. I know they're going to try and get us on the attack. I know they're going to try and do that. That's what they're going to try and do. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like they have a lot of players to trouble us tomorrow, if I'm being honest. I mean, on Sunday, sorry. So, no, I don't, Ronaldo, and that's it. Because yeah, Ronaldo is Ronaldo, do you know what I mean? Two points for us, man. And Thiago will bag him anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Mm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So let's get into some more listeners' questions. So um, Alexis, you know, friend of the show, shout out him. Always, you know, getting the, the, the timeline you know, in, in a bit of a rumble. So he, he wants to know, um, is Reese James currently better than Prime Ivanovic? Also, due to Chelsea financial um, structure being important, what level of player do we break it for? And should Rudiger be one of them? So I'm going to start with you, um, Jermaine, on the first one in terms of um, is Reese James currently better than Prem Ivanovic? Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, that's a question. I, f- I think he is, you know. I think he is. I can't lie. I actually think he is. Like, Ivanovic was crazy. That's such a hard question, man. Bro, I know it's tough. It's tough. And the only, the, the only thing... I'm going off in terms of why I've said Reese James is because I think ability-wise, I just think it's not even... like It's not close. Ability-wise, like he's clear. Yeah, it's going to sound like an insult to Ivanovic and it's not. He's a, he's such a great player. He was such a great player for Chelsea. But ability-wise, I just don't think people actually actually understand how crazy Reese James is. He's he's so clear. It's ridiculous. Like, you see, when we say he can play midfield, we're not like the Liverpool fans that pretend that um, he can play midfield. Like, you know, they're like, oh, Trent can play midfield, but you've never seen him play there. Like, like my man plays midfield. Like, he's been playing midfield. Like, he's ridiculous. He can play anywhere. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not just saying it. He can play midfield. He can play right wing back. He can play right centre back. My man used to be a striker. And then what does he do? This season, he goes up front, he dinks the keeper. Like, it's not a joke. Like, he can do everything. And I just feel like in, in terms of that, that's the only thing that makes him a better player than... Ivanovic. Yeah, Ivanovic, it's, it's just longevity, James, isn't it? Bro, if this Reese James had played in that Chelsea team, God knows what he would have been doing. Real talk. Like, it would have been it would have been crazy. So, yeah, for me, Reese James, I know people will say it's really early and you haven't seen enough of him yet. But for me, I'm not the kind of guy that does that thing where I watch guys for like three, four seasons and then I make my decision. I just, I, I just go off what I'm seeing now. And for me, like I said, similar, about, similar things about Trev. Right now, I'm just going. I'm. I'm not trying to think about when they have a a bad season. Right now, them and are playing really well, and they're as good as anybody right now in their position. So, yeah. But obviously, talking about Reece James, Reece James is just for, for me. He's just a ridiculous, ridiculous player. Mm, fair enough. And um, in in terms of um that financial um, structure, you know, we talk about the Rudiger deal. I don't think we could even take breaking the financial structure. You know. So um, what what, what do you guys think of um, of, of the current contract situation? Because obviously, you know, it's him, Aspie, and Christensen. It looks as though one of them may be leaving free. And what, what, what do you guys think about the contract when it comes to giving it to Rudy? I'm going to, I'm going to go over to you, Thomas. I, I know I haven't heard from you anyway in regards to that. 
Um, yeah, so basically, um, that's an interesting situation. Um, I actually want to see Rudiger sign again, um, simply because, you know, he's actually been really good this year. Um, you know, a lot of Chelsea fans slid this guy, um, but he has been just Rudy Gulag, right? So I think the, the, the problem is obviously that wage structure that we've got at the moment. We don't want to break it. Um, what I'm hoping to see in January, um, you know, like when he's actually free to talk to other clubs and all that, I hope to see a little bit of a humbling because, like, I think him and his, like, team and his um, agents and everything, they're probably expecting, I don't know, like a Real Madrid or a PSG to come through with, like, a 300k offer. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, if that doesn't happen, then obviously he'll think about revisiting that um, contract offer that Chelsea have given him so far now. And maybe we can come to like an amicable agreement about like what actually needs to be signed. Um, just like going forward, I would like to see in the squad um, if we're going to persist with this three the back system, which is which it looks like we are, because obviously we're just insane right now. Um, I would like to see um, Rudiger stay. I would like to see Christensen stay as well. I think Christensen is a lot closer. Anyway. Um, I would like to see Thiago Silva stay as well, obviously, just because, like, he doesn't even have to play too much. Just his influence in that team, just, like, the character that he brings to the back line, yeah? You can see the difference, even, like, on the lamps. Yeah, um, maybe we were leaking goals a lot on the lamps, but you could see the difference in mentality starting to change when Thiago Silva came into that team. Um, and then I want, um, I was as I mentioned earlier, Levi Colwell. I think um, he, um, as a left-footed centre-back, a bit of a Rolls-Royce as a player as well. He can, he's, he's, he's that kind of common talent that can just do everything as well. Um, I would like to see him as an understudy under Rudiger and then eventually maybe take over Rudiger's role. Um, obviously, we've got Trevor there. Trevor's just insane. Nothing needs to be said about him. And then um, Christensen um, behind um, Thiago Silva. So that's, you've got um, Aspie, Christensen, Kelly Silva, Rudiger, Colwell, uh, and Trevor. Um, that's that's six good defenders there. I think that's what we need to focus on. We don't need to sign any defender, in my opinion. We we don't need to. There's no need. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's a a good argument there. And um, obviously, you know, with Sunday, you know, United, and it, it seems um, they've got Ragnik um, confirmed as a manager. I'm not sure if his work permit will be, will, will be confirmed that. Do, do, do you think that can cause a potential change, you know, for, for, for United on Sunday? You know, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, new manager is not going to come in straight. But I've always said, you know, like a top manager can make immediate impact. You know, we saw it under Tuchel, you know, in our first two games. Against Wolves, you could see immediately what he wanted to do, you know. And will we see that potentially on Sunday? Um, Sam, I'm going to come to you. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so, personally. I mean, it's even like, it's not even been confirmed yet. I don't think there's any way that he's going to be... Maybe he'll run one training. No, they probably won't even train on Saturday. So unless he's in tomorrow morning, I don't really see... The only thing I think it can have an impact on is the players, like, they get that new manager bounce. They want to be in the starting eleven for the new manager. So they themselves play better, but they have no structure. They don't know what they're doing. They are so, like... 
severely undercoached. How they even got second last year is, is mental, to be honest. Like it says like enough about their players that maybe they like they got some really good players in there that they could even get second because like when maybe it's because I now watch well, not now watch like I watch Chelsea now and we're so tactically almost just astute and advanced. Like, when you watch a United game, even a game against Villarreal, I I, I I don't know what they're doing. I I have no idea. I, maybe that that's why they got second because they, like all the teams were like, how do we? Like, what do we do against this, this team? Like I, I don't know. I, I, so it's weird. Um, I know we said earlier about uh, we don't want to kind of we don't want to be the ones figuring them out and letting them play. But in a weird way, letting United play helps you sometimes because they can't play, so they they they're their own worst enemy. Um, but yeah, it, it, it would be interesting to see, man. But I, I don't think the new manager, bar what I said about new manager bounce and the players playing better, I don't think we'll see any change in kind of the way they want to play and whatnot, personally. I think the most you could see is probably like maybe Ralph giving, giving um, like some instructions just in terms of what he probably wants character work on, like in terms of um, in that game and then maybe seeing how how close they are to even being able to kind of, you know, carry out that style of play. But even then it's like a risky thing to do, kind of telling a coach, all right, listen, try and coach them to do this. But the coach is not really, you know, you know, you don't really know how good the coach is at, at trying to get them to play that way. So I think he'd probably rather just wait until all of him and his team is there before they can even start working on things. Um, to do with the way they're they're going to play under Ralph, so I do think it will very much be Carrick's, you know, Carrick's team selection, Carrick's uh, philosophy or style of play or whatever it is, and I think it's just going to be more of the same of what they've been doing recently. To be honest with you, maybe just a little bit more compact and and probably a little bit more defensive. I, I'd be surprised if Carrick tries to go um, attacking against us. If I'm being honest. I reckon I reckon they'll just match us. Um, you know, um, I think Oli was trying to do like three at the back um, at the end of his reign. I think Carrick will probably try to match up match up against Chelsea with three at the back as well because uh, that's the only thing he can really do. To be honest, well, well, even so Lindelof, Scott McTominay, yeah. Luke Shaw back line. Wait, is, I don't know who they're going to yeah. play. They're, they're looking quite light at centre back, so it, it would yeah, be Ronaldo's true. Ronaldo's true. good in the air. <laughs> that like-for-like like thing is always tricky, though, because it's like these these dons that come here, they try to do the like-for-like, like, and because they, they get smoked as well, they get smoked, babs. Like, they get put in a split, yeah. bro, and it's it's just embarrassing. Like, just play your way. Play your 4-4. Four, four. What is their way, brother? What is their yeah, way? Isn't it? Isn't it? That's the, the only, problem. They the don't have way. a way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the only way. Only had the real thing. <laughs> ah, them man are in the mud for real. But yeah, yeah. Good team man, we we don't have to worry about Ralph. We would have played them already. So yeah, man. Where where, uh, where is? Don't be scared of a brother called Ralph. Come on, man. Where where is it? Is it at the bridge? Oh, it's at the bridge. It's at the bridge. It's at the bridge. Oh, pain for them. Oof. It's at the bridge. But yeah. Um. So next question from Adzino. He says, "Um, what realistic forwards do you like Chelsea to target in the summer?" Wide forward slash, I think, and he also says, "Big up yourselves, best Chelsea player in the world." Shout out you, shout out you, man. So I, I think this is interesting because uh, January is never really a time where you really, you know, get to sign players. And to to, to add on to that, you look at the, where how our attack is. You know, we've got Lukaku, we've got Werner, we've got Havertz, we've got Pulisic, we've got Ziyech, we've got Cho, 
we got Mount. I probably even missed somebody. Like, there's just so many names, so many mouths to feed that I think before you can even sign somebody, you're going to have to probably get rid of two or three. So I'm not sure like who it would be, but if it's realistic forwards, I don't know who you guys think we, we could target in some... In, oh, sorry, my bad. This is in the summer, my bad. So um, in the summer, what what wide forwards do you think we'd um, ideally target? And also, you know, bridging on top of what I said in terms of like how many attackers we've got currently. So I'm going to ask you guys, so what attacker would you bring in? And to circumvent that, what two attackers would you would you sell? Oh, who's going to sell? Let me go, let me go, let me go. I'm going to say, this one is a bit left left still, um, but you see how Raheem Sterling is not like playing at City right now. Bro, Actually, you're talking my talk. <laughs> you're talking my talk. Keep going. Yeah, I think Raheem Sterling would be a signing and a half for Chelsea. Um, just like he would bring something completely different to that forward line. Um, who I get rid of? Oh. <laughs> now that's 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 the hard part. That's the hard part still. But I think um maybe like if we're gonna bring a, a profile like um Sterling in, uh, maybe it's time for um our German striker um Werner to go, probably. And um, who else? It's going to have to be between Pulisic and Ziyech. But the problem with Ziyech is we don't really have that many players of his profile in the, te- uh, in the team. We don't really have that many creative forwards. And I feel like we're kind of lacking that. So it's just him and Cho, really. Maybe you could say Mao as well. Um, but again, yeah, it's... um. It's not really an area that we need to desperately improve, in my opinion, um, unless we bring in like a real star player like Sterling, for example, because I think he's just stagnating at City at the moment. He just needs a new environment. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I'd, I'd probably go with... Um, so the two I'd get rid of, I'd probably get rid of Pulisic and Werner. Werner's my guy, but I just feel like he's definitely going to need to start at a team at some point. Like, he's, he's just... I think apart from here, he's always been a star. So I think eventually it's going to be a thing where he's, he he wants to go and start somewhere. Um, winning trophies can obviously change that a lot of the time. You've seen that at City, a lot of players kind of hang about. But at the same time, you've seen a lot of players leave as well, like Sane and the man. So I think Werner will go. I'd, I'd have Werner go anyway. And um, I'd probably get rid of Pulisic as well, just because of the whole injuries and um, like just even getting money for him and stuff like that, you, you, you'd probably be better off doing that rather than trying to sell someone like um, ZH. So I'd probably sell those two. And the guy I'd go for is the guy that we played against just the other night in, in Chiesa. I think, he's a, I think he's a terrific player. So I'd, I'd definitely go for someone like Chiesa. And yeah, that's it really. Fair enough. And I'm Sam. Uh, yeah, probably Werner and ZH for me personally. Uh, I, I definitely hear what Jay said in terms of Pulisic and you'll get like more money for him than you will ZX, so maybe it would benefit us. Like Werner would definitely be sold and then it would be one of either Pulisic and, uh, and ZX. You know what? Sell all three of them. Might as well. I think I I like Pulisic. I've always said like Cho Pulisic is my winger combination. I, I want to see, like I need to see it more with a proper like recognised centre forward up front. Um so Cho, Lukaku, Pulisic. Like I need to. I want to see that. So 
that's why I'd go like if first choice, I'd say um, Ziyech for me. Uh, Werner, I don't need to explain why I'd sell him. Um, Ziyech, he's just, he frustrates me. Like I said earlier, any given minute, you're getting a different form of Ziyech. And it, I, I, players like that, they're just, they, they grind my gears. Like, I don't understand what I'm getting from you. Like, are you going to play like a 60-yard absolute world deal of a ball or are you just going to kick it off the pitch? Like, it, it frustrates me. Um, and I think it's hard sometimes as a manager to plan around that. And I think you see that with United and Bruno. And I think if we played Ziyech all the time, um, I think you would see that. Like, it's hard to plan around that kind of high-volume player who isn't especially with a team like Chelsea where ball retention and like technical security is a big thing you can tell if we don't see the attack forming we'll go back we'll recycle possession we'll go again where Ziyech that Ziyech's not about that if he don't see the attack like he's forcing it and yeah so for me Ziyech Averna in terms of who we'd sign I'd, I, I, I like the look of Chiesa a lot I mean the, the, last night he was uh, Less not last night, Tuesday night. He wasn't. He didn't do anything. Um, I've always said it. I was a big fan of uh, Pedro Neto, but I need to see how he comes back after his injury, um, because obviously that the injury he had is quite a bad one, and sometimes they never come back fully. Uh, Sterling, I also like, uh, but overall, like just I'm just answering the question. But I agree with actually what uh, Thomas said earlier. I don't think it's an area we particularly need to strengthen in. Um, I'd rather probably just keep Selverna, keep Ziyech, Pulisic and just, I think we can um, strengthen in other areas maybe. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And if it was up to me, you know, I think it's a tough one. I think it's definitely a tough one, you know, like I, I look at what um, Ziyech offers and I don't think it's something that we have any other attacker, you know. So for me, he is one to sell, it's obviously going to be Verna, but I feel even with him, he, he still offers something that um, a lot of other, other attackers don't um, offer in terms of the, the consistent runs, consistent ability to stretch defences. But you can also get that in, a, in an attacker and also get um, consistent goals, you know. We, and that's what, we're trying to, that's what we're trying to get. That's exactly what we're trying to get. So um, for me, I think Vern will be the, the one I would definitely, you know, go, go and sell in terms of number one. The second one, I think, is, is also a tough one because I think th- this one's always about, I think this one's just mainly about taste, you know, because... Obviously, it'll be between um, Pulisic and Ziyech. And do, are you wanting that brute force attacker in Pulisic? Or the other that you wanted the creativity you're going to get from Ziyech? And it's all about, for me, you know, can we get what we get from the other elsewhere? You know, so for me personally, if it was me, I'd probably go Werner and Pulisic. I think Pulisic is... I, would, I do prefer Pulisic to, to, to Ziyech at times, but... Man, for me, it's the injuries and, and just the overall consistency that I'm just not exactly sure that this is the kind of guy that I, I want, you know, in terms of um, leading us going forward, you know, in terms of our wide position and just our wide offering. And if it was up to me to, you know, get a player as a replacement, for me, there's two. So I think one that I think would be really nice would be like um, Adeyemi, because obviously he's got the, the 20, 25 million and release clause, you know, he offers that brute force and efficiency that we get from um, selling Pulisic. You know, he seems to be a pretty decent goal threat. You know, we've seen him in Champions League winning numerous penalties, but on the other hand, on hand I'm also a big fan of um, Amine Guri at Nice. You know, he's quite creative, you know, as an attacker. 
He's a very good and goal threat. You know, currently this season alone, he's one in two. You know, he's one in two. You know, he's one in three in terms of assists as well. So we could, I've already seen this guy, you know, in the European Championships and the under 17s, under 17s World Cup. He had a tough time at Lyon, but he got away from he got away from there, he got to Nice, and last year he had a, a very good season. And, and this season alone, he's been setting it alight. You know, if how you guys check out his last goal, like it, it, it was ridiculous. The, the guy's got serious technique. If I have to like him, somebody probably like a Benzema. But my problem with him is that he plays in like a similar position to, to Cho. So I'm not sure if you play in that um right forward position. So for me, it would probably be um Adeyemi. So yeah, last question before we end the podcast. Um it's been a good one from TXB on the Twitter. He wants to know, has bringing in Lukaku bring, been a detriment to our style of play? That's gonna be a I know it's gonna be a very controversial one. You know, a lot of people, you know, liking, you know, how, how fluid we are up front, you know, how slightly Lukaku could be at, at, at times, you know, the lack of pressing. So I'm going to start with you, Sam, you know, has bringing in Lukaku been a detriment to our style of play or do you think it's a bit too early to, you know, really come to those kind of conclusions? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think, I think it's easy to look at it like that now because, like, I was one, like, Lukaku's pressing, like, everyone knows me, I love a, I love a good press, but his pressing does wind me up. Like, it's, it's, I'm not even asking him to do it a lot, but sometimes he's standing there, like, you're not Messi and Mbappe and Neymar, like, come on, like, run a little bit, like, do a little press, just a little one. So that can wind me up, but I don't think, I think saying it's a detriment is quite harsh because if you ask this at the start of the season when he was banging goals, well, I can't say banging goals, but when he scored a couple goals, obviously, in his first few games, like, you look good, everyone was like, oh, Chelsea have got their striker, they got him, and, and then we went through that little bit of a rough patch, man. We spoke about the Juve game earlier, we had that City game, it was just a bit of a rough patch. Like we got it. I even said at the time, like it's good that we got that out of our system early. No team goes through the season like banging out results like every week. Like you're gonna go through that rough patch. So I don't know, maybe like I need to see Lukaku now, like in like with with this more kind of like settled team we've got now. It feels like they're kind of understanding their roles a little bit better. Callum's come into the team now. So I need to see him now before I jump to any kind of conclusion saying he's a detriment. But uh, yeah. Mm, definitely, definitely. Fair enough. I'm going to come to you, Jay. What, what, do, what do you think about that? Ah, mate, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I think we look much better with Havertz up top. Um, the, 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 that's in terms of general play. Uh, that's because I think when, when some of these passes are getting fizzed into Havertz, I feel like He's much more mobile and he's got like a neater touch. And not to say that um, Lukaku's touch is even bad, but but Havertz generally does have a very good touch. Like, it's ridiculous. So in terms of what he's competing against, in terms of like that that kind of hold-up and, and that touch when the ball gets fizzed into him, it's, it's quite hard to kind of... Um, not necessarily like criticise Lukaku, but it's, it's kind of hard to like get onto him because Havertz is just so good at that. And I think um, he just gives us a little bit more options in terms of he's able to turn, start running at them, or, you know, he drops deep, kind of, he's able to do the one touch as well very easily. So those kind of things are why we've probably been so much better with Havertz up top. A lot of the fans are getting onto him saying that he hasn't scored and that's, um, and rightfully so, because we did the same thing for players like Firmino and that. So I, I get that. Um, but he is still contributing a lot in terms of um, just the overall build-up play. So it's a tough one. But at the same time, there's been a few times where Havertz has been through on goal and, and 
he's not really finished his dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like he's kind of, you know, kind of, he's not really, he hasn't really got that killer in him yet as a player. I think it's something that he can develop, but he, he doesn't have it at the moment. And I know Lukaku does have that. I think um, it's just going to depend on how Tuchel kind of approaches the attack now in terms of what he wants Lukaku to do. Because I do fear that if he goes straight back into that hole, Lukaku, you stay in the middle. Um, and then say, for example, is Cho out, out wide on the left. And then, I don't know, Ziyech or Mount on the right. I think we're, we're still going to struggle with with kind of um, creating chances because I feel like it's just one dimensional and, you know, there's not enough movement in the front three. And it's bad enough that we're not scoring goals, but then to, to also be quite static up there, it's just, that that's, that's just like a double whammy, like of just a whole load of nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's just no movement, no goals, and then we're just stuck. Do you know what I mean? Waiting for our wing-backs to score. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so I, don't, I don't really want to be doing that. So hopefully um, it changes. But yeah, I think as of now, right now, I think if you're being honest with yourself, I think we, we do look better with Havertz at the moment. But um, like Sam said as well, it's very, very early. And I think what Lukaku's been, I think he's had like seven, eight games with the team. It seems like a lot of games, but I think, you know, sometimes it can take a whole half. Like it can take sometimes it can sometimes take a half a season to kind of click with your with your squad. Do you know what I mean? So um, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, we don't have that time, but um, yeah, luckily we do have Havertz. So if it is if it really is bad, then you kind of just revert back to tab and go to Havertz and and play that way, innit? it. But we'll see, man. Hopefully, it works out. Hopefully, it works out, and Thomas. Yeah, so um, I think Dukes has been like pretty much perfect at Chelsea, right? One of the few wrong things he's done is his usage of Lukaku. Um, a, a lot of people need to remember that um, Lukaku, you know, young Lukaku that used to play at West Brom and Everton, this guy used to drift out wide. He used to be moving. He was a ping pong. He was like just using his huge frame to move around the pitch. And at the moment, we're just using him as that like target man that's just like a void that sucks in the ball doesn't move a lot um I feel like um maybe that's a bit on Romelu too but I genuinely think that he does have the capabilities to be a lot more dynamic as a forward um but it's just the way that Tukes has instructed to um Lukaku to play basically as like the the sort of um the linchpin of the side that's how he wants him to play but in this in this system um, I think Jay mentioned it perfectly. Like Havertz is a perfect example of how, you know, we actually need a forward that moves a lot, a forward that comes that, that drops deep, um, comes to collect the ball, flicks the ball here and there. Um, I feel like Lukaku maybe he's not as um, he's not as good as um, Havertz as that because you know Havertz is one of his best. Like he's one of the most technical players at the club. Like full stop, Havertz is even though. Um, obviously there's some other aspects of his games that I need to work on but um, I feel like Lukaku is actually not as bad as people say when it comes to that sort of stuff either um, I mean so uh, you, you can go back to that Malmo goal um, when Havertz like uh, did like a slick one-two with um, Hudson Odoi and Hudson Odoi like whipped it in for Ziyech to score right I, I don't see why Lukaku can't do um, something like that because he can hold up the ball he can flick it here and there. 
um, he can come out to that right-hand channel and, um, you know, link up. Like, he, he has shown that he can do that in his career. Um, it's just that we're not using him like that at the moment. And um, the last thing I will say is a lot of people see, like, you know, like the the the, the, the dressing room right now is, is popping, right? And the, the attitude that and the mentality that the team has a lot of people need to realise and put respect on Lukaku's name. He, he brought in a lot of that as well, in my opinion. I think he actually, like, just that mentality to always be better, that mentality to, like, you know, like, demand a lot from himself. I think that's kind of spread out to the team as well. And you can see it from um, guys like Hudson Adore, Reece James, um, Chile, Georgia. Everyone in the squad is just, like, trying to up their levels, up their level. And I think Lukaku is a huge reason and a huge part of that as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's still early. Um, we haven't seen Lukaku play with two dynamic wing-backs, actually. He's only been playing with Alonso and um, Aspie, unfortunately. Really, most of the time, that's what he's been playing with. He hasn't been playing with this liquid team that we've got at the moment. So I think we still need to give him a chance, um, as the other guys are saying. So, yeah, that's what I think. Mm, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, but before I leave, you know, the podcast, I, w- I want to, you know, give you guys a bit of insight. So I'm not going to mention the member, but a member of um, the, the, the Chelsea Hour team has said, you know, a, a couple of days ago, Mount isn't of the level. You know, he's not, a, he's, he thinks he's not a baller. He doesn't think he's at the level of, you know, the, the Chalabas, the, the Chos, the Rubens, the Reeses. Do you guys think that's true? Or do you think you're just currently going through a slump and you'll get through it? Yeah, no, that, I think that's cap. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't agree really with that. I think that's cap. Bro, like the thing is, yeah, maybe he's not on the level of James. <laughs> maybe not. No, I think I think it's <laughs> to say that there's talents that are better than each other. Like, so if that like, there's definitely like a hierarchy of talents. Like, we'll all agree on that, innit? There's, there's um, I don't think like say for example, I think Cho and for example James. Like, I think them man there in terms of talent wise, and even like a Ruben off the sheet, even if you're going all the way back to like the talents that have come out of Cobham, I think those three men, they, they probably sit at the same table in terms of just pure ability and talent. Um, I get what they mean about like maybe Mount doesn't have some of that natural talent and ability, but in terms of the player, like remember being a footballer is about everything. So when you say someone's not at a level or at that level, you're talking about every single aspect of the game. There's things that Mount, I think there's there's a mentality and a drive that Mount has that a lot of footballers generally don't have. So for me, I think Mount is definitely of a level. Like I said, I think he's just, he's been asked to do a job that is very, very hard at the moment for somebody who's naturally not gifted in those areas. I don't think it's, it's something that's going to be easy for him to just kind of pull out the bag like that. And it's going to be really difficult for him to get back into this team at, at a top, top level in this formation. And it's just unfortunate for him. I do think that's how it's going to happen in my in my point of view. But I don't think he's he's not of the level. I definitely think he is a, a top player. I just think you you get more out of him seeing him in a 4-3-3 as a number eight or something like that, rather than, where you don't have to rely on goals and assists and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think that's harsh. Not Not at the level is very harsh. Um, I think also, like, people are forgetting this kid is, like, 22, man. Come on. Like, why is everybody talking about Mount like he's the finished article? He's not at all. Um, people forgetting about... He had a crazy season last year, you know. 
Like, that was his breakthrough year. He was playing games left, right and centre. Of course, there's going to be a cool-down period. I think it's easy to say right now, OK, Matt's not off that level because he's cooled out and cooled off a little bit. But, like, come on, man. Like, he is nowhere near the finished article. People forget, people forget that players are actually still kind of proof. He has a lot of improvements to do, and he will, um, just because of his mentality. Like, just because he is that type of player that constantly wants to improve. Because he's that type of player. He's, his football IQ, his understanding of the game is actually top, top notch. And people, people like maybe because he's not as aesthetically pleasing as like a Phil Foden or something like that, but he's still pretty good on the ball. Some of the half turns that this guy has pulled off over the last year, yeah? You can't, a lot of players can't do that. A lot of players can't do that. So just like, he's still young, man. Like, just, just let him develop. Like, he, you can't constantly like, go up and up and up and up and up as a football player. You will have your down periods. So. Who was it? Was it you, Babs? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like leading on, like, I think, like, we spoke about it before, the treatment of the media and his fanboys and everything makes people think that Mount is already the finished article. And he's not. He's a young player like everyone else. And, yeah, I just, the focus on him every game like he'll come on for 10 minutes and like after the game all the twitter the discord the what's it's all about mount it's like brother he was on the pitch for 10 minutes like i don't like it's just like he's the poster boy and like not even in like a he's a good good way like he's the poster boy like it's just there's so much focus on him just like like thomas said just let the kid play man there's I think, I think, I think, you know what it is as well, Sam? Like, for me, like, I think people forget as well, like, everybody's had to change their mentality and, like, put in some graft here and there to kind of get to where 100. they at whatever point. So, say, for example, even a Loftus Cheek, yeah, he had to proper change up his mentality and his graft and, and his work rate under Sari. That's how he even got to the form that he was meant to be. And that took him God knows how long. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm and like, even this year with Ruben, he's gone up another level yeah. in terms of work rate. Exactly. And I know he had injuries, but, Still, there's that. Sorry, said when he was a fit, when he was fit and he could play, he wasn't playing because he wanted certain things from Ruben off the sheet. Do you understand? Yeah, 100. And then obviously he delivered with Hudson Odoi. I know a lot, a lot of people talk about the opportunities and stuff like that as well, but it, it wasn't just that. There was things that Hudson also had to work on. Do you know what I'm, do you know I'm saying? That's why, sure, he, man, for sure. That's why he wasn't going to under 21s. That's why he was staying behind and doing the extra sessions. So, see, just like all them men that are doing their extra stuff as well. Mount, Mount, Mount's got to do that Mount, now. Yeah, the thing about Mount is he got given stuff early. Yeah, he got given stuff early. We we can all hold our, hold our hands up and say 100% he had a little bit of an easier ride than some of the others. Yeah, yeah 100. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but what I'm saying is... Like, he had that little bit of luck that Lampard came in and seen. 100%. And fair players get that shit. So what I'm yeah. saying now is Mount's turn to show... A little of bit of adversity. Yeah, bro. That's all it is. And and if he comes out on top, which I think he can come out on top, I think the only reason, like I said before, he, he'll just be unlucky in terms mm. of formation. Yeah, 100. And like what Thomas was saying, like what he done last year, specifically his Champions League run, that's not normal for a 21-year-old to do what he done. If Man City had won the Champions League, yeah, you know how much they'd be raving about Foden and, oh, this 21-year-old was basically like, like was one of the best players, uh, English player. He won it. Like Mount doesn't really get like. Oh, okay, that sounds weird because now I'm saying like Mount doesn't get nice treatment because we all know no, that he does. But it's not a normal thing for a 21 year old to yeah. like perform against the best of the best 
Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, just, it's just, just, just chill on him, man. Turn. Just it's on just him. Mount's turn, bro. That's all it yeah, is. Mount's turn for a bit of adversity and we now need to see... He'll be back. Mount. Yeah, we That's need to see right. what Mount's about. I think he'll about. definitely be back, man. He'll definitely be back. He'll definitely be back. And yeah, I think that was a good place to wrap up the show. Again, I'm Thomas. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problems, man. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Do you want to shout out um, behind the lines, by the way? Um, yeah, it's, it's breaking the lines. Breaking man. the lines, that's um, it. Breaking that's the lines. Yeah, now, breaking the lines, guys. Um, keep your eye out on breaking the lines. We're doing a lot of big things in the next in the next year or so. Um, we're looking to disrupt sports journalism. That's all I will say. Mm, big talk, big talk. And Sam as well, thanks for joining. No problem. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. And Jermaine, always good to have you on. Yeah, man. I don't know when our next we on, but you know, it was a it was a pleasure coming on after that great win and a and a great night for the Cobham Cobham youth and that and just for Chelsea in general, man. So love the pod. You don't know I love the pod. Obviously, being a part of it is is even better. But um, yeah, keep doing your thing, and I'll definitely shout you man soon. Defo, 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 and peace. Just came That's hard. To Doing the most True say that money is power So when you get money Keep quiet and ghost Ghost I remember when I shot my shot But I didn't have guap So I hit the post But next time it's a golden goal and it- Sports Social Podcast Network